This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome back to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I'm excited in this episode to be talking to Anna Joannis, um, the filmmaker of Wrestling Ghosts, and we're going to talk about that experience, what what the film is like, the experience of the parents in the film, and and then what sort of messages and correlations that um, we have certainly for those parents who are listening who are raising kids with ADHD. Thanks for being here, Anna. I appreciate it. Will you start by just letting us know who you are and what you do? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I'm Anna. I'm a mom. I have three uh, still fairly young children, um, five, seven, and nine. And I'm uh, a documentary filmmaker. And uh, I'm really excited to speak about parenting with you today. Yeah, so let's talk first about the film. What is the film about? And I'm I'm really curious um, what led you to make this particular film. Mm, absolutely. So Wrestling Ghosts is a really intimate um, look at the process of healing. Uh, it shows, uh, it. I followed a, a young mother for over five years. And during that time, she... Um, she knew that something, she had yearning about how she wanted to parent and she wasn't able to, to feel the connection and the joy in her parenting that she really wanted to experience both for herself, but also for the sake of her children. Yeah. And so she kind of embarks on this really, um, in, on this internal journey to figure out, you know, what's, what's preventing me from being the mom I want to be. And um, where that takes her is on kind of this uh, process of of peeling the layers of her inner experience. So it's, you know, kind of figuring out, um, um, you know, how, how, what is her relationship with her children and where does it come from? And then kind of look uh, at her past. And eventually the movie becomes really about um, how our childhood uh, can um, have such a deep impact on our brain and bodies that yeah. we can be stuck. We can feel stuck and be stuck uh, quite literally. Um, and uh, and then, sh- you know, we look at the process. It looks at the process of how do we get unstuck? How do we start healing these wounds from our pasts so that we can show up in our lives today? You know, so often we feel that we're... Um, we have every year we make the same, uh, the same commitment, you know, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna be healthy in my eating. I'm gonna stop smoking. I'm going to spend more time with friends. You know, I'm going to focus on my relationship. I'm going to quit this job because it's not a good job for me and find a new one. And, and then we don't do these things. And so, you know, or I'm, I'm going to, 
try to to focus on my relationship. So whatever it is, we 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 make these commitments and then we have a hard time sticking to them. And and um often it's because we're we're it's it's something from our past that's really preventing us from acting on these desires. So that's yeah, what the think, movie is about. And sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think that it we really don't recognize how much the way we grow up, you know, what our experiences are as children affects the adult that we are, the parent that we are. Um, and I think for things that happen, um, like to your main character in the film, um, you know, those seem to be obvious things with maybe um, a traumatic experience in childhood, but just in general, everything that we go through really shapes who we are as adults. Absolutely. And it's, it's what's, what's interesting is that I think we know that to a certain extent, we're like, oh, of course, you know, like I'm all messed up because of, you know, my childhood, but we think of it as a psychological thing. We don't understand that actually uh, on a really physical level, on a biological level, on a neurological level, our bodies was, was, were changed. And that um, these, these, this impact are really, uh, are not just psychological. And I say just really in, in quote marks, you know, but yeah. we tend to dismiss the psychological and the truth is that the the impact of our childhood is is very much a physical impact, and that the ways that we are stuck is a very physical way. And um, and I, I want to add to that that you know uh, we often recognize um, very specific kind of trauma in childhood. You know, we all have a very uh, specific image of what trauma looks like in childhood. And Kim in the movie, she's had some of these very dramatic experiences of, you know, abuse and neglect. But the truth is that trauma can be quite invisible to to our eyes. And most of us have experienced the kind of stress in our childhood that does cause um, uh, lasting changes in our body, in our health, in our well-being. And, uh, and, and, and they, they're not in our imagination. We don't think of those as traumatic, right? Like our parents divorced, you know, like who hasn't had divorce in our childhood, right? Like we don't think of this as a trauma. It's a common occurrence. And yet um, it can cause a significant amount of stress on, 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 uh, on the child. It doesn't have to, but it can. Um, And so does mental illness. Uh, You know, many of us um, have a mentally ill parent or a parent who, uh, self-medicates, um, this does impact on the child's well-being. And, you know, there is another kind of trauma that's, you know, we, we never hear about because it's not dramatic. It's not, you know, meant for the movies, but it's what we call attunement tra- trauma, which is when um, when a child really uh, doesn't have anyone in their lives that's really see them, that really like... Mm-hmm. Uh, understands them that really takes into consideration their needs. Um, yeah. And that can leave you, you know, at the beginning of the movie, uh, when we, we learn about Kim, there is this scenes with her and her little child, her three years old, and she's taking good care of him. She's feeding him and closing him. He's not neglected, you know, uh, right. kind of a common sense of the word, but there's no pleasure in being with him for her. And, and there is, you know, there's a real, I think, you know, stress for a little child in being in the presence of an adult, of your, of a parent, of a caretaker who, you know, cannot really 
take pleasure in your presence, you know? So yeah. we, we might have trauma in our childhood and maybe trauma is a wrong word because, you know, again, because we have so much, so many preconceived notions of it, but there is stress that can happen in our childhood that might have been invisible to us too. We might not even remember it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we don't have to have these traumatic experiences to, um, struggle with enjoyment in our lives and in our parenting and for for this audience parents of kids with ADHD you know it's extra tough to enjoy time with your child sometimes um, because they can be overwhelming or um, not listening or you know all of these stereotypical types of symptoms of ADHD but um, you know I think that that's a message that really is resonating here is that we we have you know these we we all have this struggle in some way or another yes right? and we you know, all right and I think what's what's really tragic to me is that we all feel guilty and alone in those struggles. And mm-hmm. one of the major reasons for me to make this movie is that, you know, I wanted people to see, to connect with each other in the, that, in this suffering. Because unfortunately, this guilt that we carry as parents is, is, is really not helpful, you know? It's, yes. really, it's really isolating and it's really corrosive. And if we can realize that we are not alone and that these feelings that we're having, some of them feeling feel really wrong, right? Of not liking our child, of not wanting to spend time with them, of resenting their presence sometimes, right? We, we all have them, at, you know, at times. And, and if we could just know that, know that others are sharing that experience, know that we're not alone, know that, know that it's normal to have these feelings at times. And know that also there is perhaps a way to uh, find connection um, despite the difficulties, right? Either whether yeah. the difficulties are within because of your childhood or uh, because of, of uh, your child's uh, behavior and condition, right? Like that there are maybe ways that you can still connect and at least um, have compassion for yourself for, you know, if, if you're in a situation that is difficult, well, again, no matter what the reason for the difficulty, if you have, can have compassion for yourself and for your child, then already there is like a relaxing that happens, a release that happens that allows you to already feel better and start connecting again. So I think this is really like, I hope what the, one of the major benefits is of, of, of watching Wrestling Goes and of having these conversations is to to have more compassion and to realize that we're not alone. Yeah, I love that you brought up self-compassion because that is such a big issue, a struggle, I think, for parents of kids who um, have differences. And we, you know, we, we tend to internalize the struggles of our kids. We tend to say, well, if I was a good parent... Um, if I was an adequate parent, my kid wouldn't be struggling. And that's just not reality. Um, and, you know, there's this, this theme of everybody struggles, but there's also this um, theme that we all need to be compassionate with ourselves because of that, because we're human, because we have these different struggles, then we all need to have compassion for ourselves and and realize that, it, it's a common thread. It's right. something that everybody goes through in one way or another. 
Right. I also think that, you know, when we when we have compassion, when we when we work on having this compassion, because it doesn't necessarily come naturally. Um, mm-hmm. What happens is that we actually can show up and we can actually sometime find, um, I think often people think, oh, well, I don't want to have compassion because I should, I ought to, I have to, you know, yes. this is my child and I got to, you know, it's my responsibility. Um, they're just little. And if I don't do it, then who's going to do it? Right. Like this sense of this yeah. really deep and beautiful sense of obligation, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's on you to do what's right for your child. And I think people think, oh, if I don't want to like just give up or, or be, you know, one of these people that just like, well, I'm doing my best because that's not enough. Right. But it's not actually what happens. I think that when we have compassion, it's not, uh, that we are giving in and stop trying and that we're not, uh, continuing to yearn to do better. It's actually, I think, giving us space to do it, you know, and I think that's a major important thing. It's the same with, you know, what I call on my website, radical, and, and it's not my term, you know, I, I use it from other uh, people out there, but the idea of radical self-care, of like putting the oxygen mask on you first, mm-hmm. often in our culture, and especially for moms, and I, I hope there are some dads in the audience too, but for moms, often we feel that everybody needs have to come first. And if we don't do that, we feel selfish and 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 wrong deeply yep. wrong like shamingly yep. wrong and the truth is that we have the most responsibility and the most um capacity to change ourselves and so when we start with ourselves often what we do is actually give more to our families you know it's like we create space within to then hold the suffering and the difficulties that others have um, but we have to first start by creating that spaciousness within ourselves, And most of us are so deeply exhausted, so deeply spent on trying so hard and doing so much that we don't, mm-hmm. we don't have the spaciousness. So to, to start by putting the oxygen on us first, to develop compassion, to figure out what it is that we need to feel like our needs are met so that then we can show up a, with a bit more presence for a loved one. That's a gift that we're doing. We're giving not only ourselves, but you know, our children uh, yeah. and our partners. Um, but it's a hard shift because we don't think we deserve it, you know? Yeah, I I work a lot on self-care with moms. Um, We actually have an annual retreat that we just had a couple of weeks ago for that. But um, wonderful. You know, the the what I have learned over time in my own self-care journey is that the mental and emotional self-care is what's most vital. You know, when we use the term self-care, people think they're going out for the night with their girlfriends, they're going on a trip, they're getting a massage. And, you know, those things are great. And they do kind of, you know, fuel our spirit. But the the work that we do on our own emotional care is so vital because we, you know, it's, it's stress management, which then affects us physically. Exactly. Um, it's, you know, and then we're in that right headspace to be able to do the best we can for our kids. Um, so I love that you you brought that into the conversation because it really, you know, for me, I have figured out that that was really the most crucial piece of parenting a child with special needs was getting my own thoughts and feelings 
um, where they needed to be. And that wasn't, you know, trying to be the perfect parent. It wasn't working harder to make things work out to the vision that I had. It was accepting what is and right. working with what is and being, you know, living your authentic life. I know that's kind of a buzzword and it's an overused phrase, but it, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking right. about accepting who you are, who your family is, what you have, and figuring out how to live your best life right. within that parameter. Right. Well, I think this can actually be the gift of a special need child. If you know, mm-hmm. of of you, you're pushed so far that sometimes you know, I mean, there's always a choice, but at least you 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 can get to that point where like you almost have no choice but to like say, well, I have to take care of myself because I'm about to like fall apart, right? Like, right. like sometimes sometimes it's it's it that's the gift or I have to I have to make that leap to like, you know, unconditional love and acceptance because that child is so far from the tree. You know, it's uh, Andrew mm-hmm. Solomon's book, Far From the Trees, you know, such a brilliant work because it talks about um, you know, children that are uh all far from the tree for you know so many different uh reasons and conditions. Um and how it can it can it can give rise give birth to unconditional love to unconditional acceptance to this kind of like zen <laughs> right um, yeah yeah uh, acceptance of what is and 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 also it can force you to really do this 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 work this self work of of uh taking care of yourself because you realize like it's i'm not going to i'm not going to make it in the long run if i don't if i don't do this self care i just want to mm-hmm. point out that i have this um this resource on my site I, right now it's called the healing program, which I don't think is the best name for it because it's a, it's just an informational kind of slideshow with a bunch of uh, slides about what is childhood trauma. So what does it do to your body so that people can really understand how their childhood might have impacted their health and well being, And then yeah. most of the slides are really about, you know, this concept of radical self-care. So what does it look like? Because I, you know, again, I, I think it's, fascinating, but also kind of crazy that, you know, I'm 45 almost. And, you know, until recently I had never, and nobody ever taught me any of this, right. I never heard of it. I mean, of course you hear about like self-care all the time, right. Like you said, like just, but, but, but really understand this concept, really understand like the responsibility I have towards myself and the ways that I can truly soothe my nervous system and, and, um, and care for, like you said, for my emotional uh, life and for my 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 deep well being. Like I don't I don't think these concepts are mainstream at all, and I think that's kind mm. of crazy, you know. And so I go through just the, the very the, really an overview of of the different uh, pathways to caring for yourself and 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 reminding people they don't have to do it all, right? Because we all tend to think, oh, that means I have to do all these changes, you know? It's like no, no, you don't. Like you know, you can choose one or two. You can. Mm-hmm. Uh, try different things, but it's just to, to have an overview and to understand what it looks like, what it's about and why you do it. You know, um, I think diet and nutrition is a very good example. You know, we, or even exercise, you know, most of us feel like, oh, I should exercise. So it's another obligation. And we think of it in terms of, you know, to look good for the health of our heart because of, you know, uh, keeping, uh, uh, diabetism out of the way, right? Like things like that. But actually exercise or movement is one of the, 
uh, one of uh, uh, the way that you can really soothe your nervous system. You can really lower your stress levels and, and you can feel more available to others. It's like this, this deep emotional care. And when you think of it that way, I think it's much easier to do than when you think of it as like this obligation so that you can stay thinner and, right. you know, help your heart in some abstract, not so abstract, but like, you know, in, in it's, it's not very motivational for me at least. But when I think of yeah. it as like this deep, deep self-care that I'm, you know, and I do, I, I come back from a hike and I'm in a better mood and, and that's going to influence everyone around me. Um, exactly. Anyways. Yeah. And it's so powerful. I mean, it really is so powerful. And, and like you said, we're, we're not taught that these things are important starting out. You know, it took me many years after my son's diagnosis mm-hmm. and struggling to realize that my well-being and this, this, you know, whole body sort of wellness was super crucial to the, the parent that I am to, you know, the adult that my kids are going to become, you know, everything that, that I do for myself is then reflected in them. That's, that's part of what parenting is. Um, And I want to, you know, I want to stress more this idea that you're talking about with the neuroscience, how stress impacts the physiology of our brains. Um, because that's important in this concept of self-care, but I think it's also important in parenting to really recognize that, um, you know, the interactions that we have with our kids are affecting their brains, you know, to, to mm-hmm. put this on the next generation now to say in the way that we are raising our kids, this is also really important. And the kids that we're talking about with ADHD and maybe autism, their brains are already different. They're already differently wired. And so there's even greater impact, I think. You know, there's um, some people in the the ADHD and autism community who talk about that experience living with those conditions as being like trauma in the body. The body and the brain reacts and changes in the same ways living with ADHD or autism as it does in as it's, as it's impacted in other um, sorts of trauma, you know, the more stereotypical trauma that we think about. Right. Well, I think what's, what's again, what's it's really, really hard line to, to walk, but it's the, you know, on the one hand, there's enough guilt and you, you certainly don't need any more shoulds in, in mm-hmm. our lives. And on the other hand, you have a child whose um, uh, condition creates even more urgency to do the work. And, yes. and, and and you kind of want to like allow that, right? You want you want that that experience to to push you to do this work because it is it is a great opportunity if you choose to look at it that way, right? Like um, your child is it was a little bit like a canary canary in a in a landmine, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What's the expression? Canary there in there coal mine, I think. Yeah, 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 something like that, right? <laughs> so. Um, we have these children are so, so exquisitely sensitive, you know, and um, a lot of the things that other children could just deal with, they can't, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and as parents, it forces us to, to, um, you know, again, like we have, we, 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 we've already have so much to deal with. I mean, this is the thing, modern, modern life is very rough on children. They have, yeah. most families have two working parents, very stressed. 
you know, constantly worrying about the next, you know, nobody feels safe right now in the world, Mm -hmm. right? Like our jobs are not safe. Um, Our health, uh, healthcare is not safe. So, you know, we're, we have parents who are not just working full time, but stressed and working full time. And so they're juggling parental responsibility on top of that. And often we're doing it in isolation because we don't have family around, right? We don't have a parent yeah. stepping in to do the childcare when the child is sick so we can continue working full-time. So instead, we are we are really stretched so incredibly thin. thin. So then children start in like, you know, institutional settings from a very young age, very long hours, which many children can handle. But again, some of our children are so sensitive, right? Yeah, and yeah. Sensory are, are like, you know, they, they can't, uh, the, the noise level, right? Like they can handle such large group always or the constant stimulation for such a big part of the day, but we can't necessarily adapt our lives to their needs, right? So right. again, we get, we, we, and as time goes on, maybe we start, you know, and there's very little outdoors time, there's very little nature time, all of these things that are proven now to soothe our own nervous system and certainly the children's nervous system, right? So, Again, this is not to add like guilt and, you know, shoulds because there's already so much of that, but it could be an opportunity to do this work and to start seeing the impact it has on us and then maybe to expand that to our children. Like, is there a way to, you know, to, to lower the, the busyness in our life? Can we do yeah. less as parents? Like, can yeah. I take, take on less? Can I say no to more things so that on the weekend, and just the weekend, we can be completely unstructured and spend at least four hours a day in the woods, you know? Right. Oh, but yeah. I live in the city, right, right. Like, I understand that. Like, it's not that, that that would be easy or that it's even like something that you desire. So then it's like, all I'm saying is like, how do we take our challenges and 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 hopefully it becomes something that, that draws us into a very nice place, like makes us rethink our priorities and reconsider how we live our life. And that in a few years, we can actually say, wow, this actually was, you know, was for the better. Like my life, mm-hmm. because of my child, I was forced to make some changes. I was very resistant at first, but you know what? On the other side, you know, this is better. I feel better. I moved, you know, we moved out of the city. We, um, one of us stopped working. We downshifted, you know, we decided to live a different kind of lifestyle. We, you know, we move closer to the family. I, you know, who knows, right? right? Like what yeah. the solutions are, but, and not that they're always available. Again, like no shit here, but um, that there might be things that end up happening, you know, as you understand this whole, like how we suit our nervous system that really benefits you, you know, as a person, not just your child, you know, because then yeah. there's resentment. When you just do things for your child, you build resentment, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. not good. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think it's really about shifting our priorities, our focus. You know, we, like you said, in our culture, it's go, 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 do more, right. do better. And that is a very stressful culture. It's a very stressful way to live. And, you know, we as parents can make different priorities for our families. And and I've talked about this before and in different ways, you know, with, with our kids with ADHD, we can't necessarily expect their childhood to look a certain way. We can't expect that success at school is, um, you know, honor roll, for instance. Grades aren't necessarily a measure of capability. We have to shift 
our ideas, our definitions of these things when we're parenting kids who are different. And, you know, the same can be said, this is what you're talking about, is that we shift our definition of what a weekend looks like for a family or, you know, what downtime even looks like for a family. And we do more of these, these things that are soothing our nervous system that are honoring who we are, who our kids are. Right. Well, I think also like as you, how is you kind of forced against your will and with a lot of pain to release, release your expectations for your child, right? All the things mm-hmm. that you might dream up for your child, the, like you say, the honor roll and the best calls and the best opportunities. You know, you might actually like release some of these expectations for yourself and realize that maybe, you know, you are doing a lot of things in your own life that are based on, um, on these, this imaginary, right? This, this, rules that, that yeah. actually don't don't meet your needs don't bring you joy you know it's a little bit like that uh marry condo method like you know does this yes object object bring you joy well does mm. status bring you joy does your high power job does this does that bring you joy like i think in some ways we're we do this really painful work we're forced to do it with our child um but on the other side maybe we start learning to that maybe some of this is valid and valuable for ourselves too. And we may, you know, we may throw a lot of things out that we, we didn't need and, and feel a lot freer after that, you know? Our children yeah. can give us that, that enormous gift of like freeing ourselves from all these, you know, expectations. And, you know, I, what I think, again, the gift of this, I, I have a, a, several friends who are professors at colleges, you know, like liberal art colleges, like mm-hmm. wealthy little, you know, like little pockets of, opportunity and privilege and they tell me these kids are miserable i mean and and they tell me like the pressure on these children we're talking about you know normative kids who have had you know who did the honor roll who were able to fulfill these expectations at every step and these kids have have been so stressed like the, the amount of anxiety and depression and just these kids are lost you know and so i think you know in some ways it's you know, again, it is, you know, it's not always a gift. You know, there are times when a condition can be so painful for not only the child, but for the whole family that it's, it is, you know, it is just that, you know, pain mm-hmm. and we have to just accept it. But for a lot of the time when it's not, you know, that severe for lack of a better word, um, it really is this kind of, uh, this kind of opportunity, this gift of like letting go of a lot of these things that are just not healthy for any children, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's obviously so for, you know, our kid. Um, but it's yeah. not for anyone, right? Like, it's not like that's okay. Like, all these expectations from the parents and all the stress and the pushing kids in one direction. It's not that that's good for the other kids. You know, it's not. No, it's <laughs> but, not good for anybody. No, no. It's, it's, it's damaging. And, and it's a lot just, of these kids are, are, are not in a good place, even though they are the kids with the most opportunities in some ways right. in the world. They're, they're, they're not in a good place. You know, it's actually pretty scary. Yeah, it's just dawning on me that we're talking really about the differences in expectation between um, what's predefined for us by culture, by our childhood, whatever it might be, what we kind of come in as a predetermined expectation, and then defining expectations specific, individualized to ourselves, to our families. You know, if we live in those 
those predefined expectations, then, you know, we have the kids who are stressed out in college. We have the kids who are pushing themselves to make straight A's, who think they need to do it all because that's what success is. And that's so detrimental. You know, if we can, as a culture, embrace individuality more and setting our own expectations for ourselves, I, I just imagine that we would be so much more emotionally healthy and happy and, you know, and that's, and that's kind of the work that I do with parents around raising kids with ADHD and autism is that you have to throw all of that stuff away because it's only going to torture you and your child. Um, and and you're always going to feel defeated and, um, incapable and you have to really look specifically individualized. But I think, you know, that's the way we should be parenting every kid. Right. I think that's Parent the, that's the kid the, you have. Right. Well, but I mean, again, like, that's the way you can, you know, you can tell your parents, like, you're actually a step ahead of everyone. You know, you didn't have a choice, but you are a step ahead because that's the work that we all have to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And if we don't do it, it will impact, you know, our well-being. And this is yeah. really, I think, the deepest, like, my, the, the message that I have the most passion about It's you know, compassion is healing. Compassion and, you know, what you said about just this acceptance of who each one of us is and just looking at each other as individual and with, with this compassion, we're all trying to do our best. You know, there is, I just saw on my Facebook feed that, that this, this new research that shows that uh, the experience of gratitude, um, the experience of compassion literally changes your brain and changes mm-hmm. your heart at the cell level. I mean, yeah. these, these um, attitudes that we often think of as, as uh, again, just psychological, they're not, they transform you. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you work on having, you know, it's a practice, it's not just, oh yeah, I'm going to be more compassionate, like it's, or I'm going to have more gratitude, or I'm going to look at, you know, my child and others as you know, for who they are and not just my expectations of them. It's very hard work to do these things. It's very simple theoretically, but like the actual practice of it is very hard. But yeah. when, but there are practices, there are exercises that you can do that grows compassion, that grows gratitude, that grows acceptance. And when you do them, you know, the amazing thing is that you will improve your health. You will have less autoimmune diseases, less yep. pain, like headaches, back pain. You will have a longer life and you will have a happier life. You know, we all want to be happier or we all are struggling and suffering. We, you know, all of us. And to know that when you do this work for your child, that you're actually getting brownie points in your own, you know, in your own yeah. well-being. Hey, you know, that's pretty good stuff. You know, like you, you can you can build your own happiness level over time by doing this work that was started by your child. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of a cool concept. I think it's a kind of an amazing thing to realize, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, such a more empathetic and compassionate person than I think I would be if I had two neurotypical kids. Um, you know, he, my son's challenges has changed me in remarkable ways, not, you know, not necessarily negative or painful ways. We've certainly gone through a lot of that. And, but, you know, they, they tend to make us better people. (laughs) They show us, you know, the, the other things that are so much more important, like the compassion, the empathy and, um, and individuality. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, your film illustrates so well this journey that a parent can take that um, and and the ways that it impacts both 
the parent, but also the whole family, the kids, the, the joy that is possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So people can stream, they can watch the film online, correct? Yes. Yes. You can watch it at home. Um, and, uh, it's, everything is uh, explained on my website. It's wrestling ghosts, plural.com. So yes. Wrestling. Uh, and I will link yeah. it up on the show notes oh, okay, as well great. for everybody. And yeah. um, we'll provide a link to that um, slideshow that you were talking about as well. And um, yes. anything uh, else that we've discussed. During yeah, the you can watch at home. And I always encourage people to, to get, you know, to, to either be with their partners or a couple friends, you know, to, so that you can have a conversation after it. It's a really, yeah. uh, it's a really cathartic movie. There's a lot mm. of blood that happens and it opens up a lot of, uh, things in your heart and in your memory and in, and, and a lot of questions arise. And um, it's also a really wonderful documentary to do in community. And uh, on the website, it, um, there is a link for, uh, um, you know, if, if you know people who work at clinics or at universities, uh, schools, yeah. um, a lot of school districts are showing it because they're trying to become trauma-informed, which is really mm-hmm. about developing a culture of care in our school so that each yeah. child, no matter their differences, can be uh, dealt with with compassion. So yeah. uh, uh, school districts are now using my movie to to start this conversation with teachers and and other staff members. Support right. groups too. Yes, or parents support groups. Right. Just so who are getting together. Yeah. Exactly. So if, if, if there is a desire to do something more public, there is a link. You can contact me through the link and I'll help you organize uh, screenings or get licenses for your schools and, you know, parent Amazing. teaching, teacher, etc. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, such a gift. I'm so glad that you did this work. I know it was a long process and I'm sure it was a very emotional process to yes, make this film as well. <laughs> um because it's such an emotional topic and an emotional film, but I appreciate you sharing it um, and sharing all these insights that, that you've come to by doing that work, by making, you know, it's amazing just the things that we do in life in general, you know, you're a filmmaker, but here it is. um, I'm sure transforming you and your parenting as well and transforming so many others. So so amazing. I appreciate it again. Um, for everybody listening, you can go to parentingadhdandautism.com slash 059 for episode 59. And like I said, all of the links will be there in the show notes. I encourage everyone to watch the film and um, to engage in the other material that's on wrestlingghost.com because it does help you um, to start that conversation, to start to do this work on yourself. Yes, and and con- feel free to contact me uh, through the contact form on my site. And you know, if you if you, I'm I'm happy to to uh, hear stories and and get in uh, just yeah, just get in contact with me. And I'm so thankful for the work that you do, and uh, thankful for you having me on my show on your show today. Yeah, thank you so much. With that, we will end this episode. I'll see everyone next time. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit parentingadhdandautism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content.